You're listening to That's the Industry Podcast, episode number 17. Today, you're going to learn why it is so important to create your own content online, and today's guest is going to tell you how exactly to get to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Here we go. You're listening to That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. The podcast that takes you inside all the aspects of the entertainment industry. Directly from the people who are making it happen. And now, your host, Thomas Jordan. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode. Today, we're talking to a videographer, director, and designer. He's also a content creator on YouTube that is about to hit 100,000 subscribers. Ladies and gentlemen, Creative Ryan. Ryan, what's up, man? What's going on, bro? Not too much, not too much. Now, before we really dive into it, I'm always curious to how people got started in the industry. Me, I got started through graphic design. I was doing graphic design work um, in high school, um, after high school, and the whole time I was doing music. I was doing music at the time too. So uh, we were looking for a way to get photos and video at the time. Uh, it was like just becoming a thing for like music videos and stuff, the run and gun ones. And we ended up, me and my friend YC Imogen, I'm sure some people will be familiar with him, um, we ended up going to community college. And at the time, like growing up, we didn't have too much money. We didn't have a lot of stuff. So we had got a financial aid check. And with that financial aid check, we bought our first cameras, which was Canon T2Is. And from there, we just shot music videos, practiced, just all trial and error, taking photos for like CD covers, all types of stuff like that, man. And from that point on up to now, everything just grew crazy. What drew you to me at start shooting music videos? Just because me and everybody around me shot, uh, well, not shot, but everybody around me was a music artist almost. Um, my friend Chaos, my friend Jay Wills, a lot of people around me did music and everybody needed somebody to do videos. And we were like a group of... I don't know, like a production house kind of, and we wanted to have it all in-house. We wanted to be able to do recording. We wanted to have studios. We wanted to have cameras to shoot videos and take photos for marketing, promo purposes. And that's kind of what led us into the music videos. But I kind of grew out of music and into cameras because I was already doing graphic design, and I just loved doing like images, visual projects. So it just was more, I don't know, I was just more into shooting videos and making graphics than I was music. It's just funny because I always say when people do artwork, like kind of what you do as far as like graphics, if anybody has seen your Instagram, like your style, like it, I love the fact that you're in Atlanta and everything like that. But just I feel like your style is just so unique and stands out in its own way. But I feel when you started, would you say that all your stuff was good all the time? No way. <laughs> it took me a while to get to find that um, that style of mine. I mean, my, I would say my style right now is like a low saturated, dark, moody, deep contrasted type of style. Kind of dark. It's more of a dark style. But um, when I first started, man, I was all over the place. It would be warm. It would be cold pictures. It would be, <laughs> I don't know, bright, dark. I don't know. They were all over the place. But uh, just finding my style was... Um, I don't know. It was like it took a while, but one thing I've really helped that really helped me find my style, I think, was there was a, um, a Instagram page. I can't remember the name of it. It might be Unique Find. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. It was um, 
uh, interior decorator Instagram page. And I just love the way that everything was like neutral colors and maybe like the green, they'd have green greenery in, in the homes that would pop. And I was like, dang, I want to have like a neutral white, dark, white and black, dark, like look and have one color pop. And obviously that would be like the skin tones because I would want my skin tones to look good. I wouldn't want those to be messed up. So it was always like orangey and reds popping. Now what my style now is like orangey and reds popping and then everything else is kind of like neutral, like either black semen or white semen or white bricks or just stuff like that. I like to mute all those colors except for the skin tone most of the time. Have you ever thought about going back to some of your old stuff and like trying to touch it up with your skill level now? I have, but you know, I have this weird thing about me where I, <laughs> once I finish editing something, I always delete the raw file. <laughs> oh. <laughs> really, really, really bad uh, habit that I, I have to change. I have to start keeping everything. It's just, I just know I have to be a hoarder with um, hard drives. <laughs> Yeah, I was yeah, I was gonna say a lot of pe- a lot of creators I know if they've been on the platform long enough, whether it's video or photo or both, have those giant like terabyte not terabyte but those uh, those towers now that you can buy that will uh, that will house all your footage. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to get more sp- uh, space so I can keep everything. <laughs> and I know you've probably heard this excuse and because uh, I'm uh, in the content creation space as well. And, you know, people think that, you know, they look at what they see on Instagram now is what you've always been able to do. And they always talk about the equipment. Do you hear that excuse a lot where it's like, I don't have the proper equipment to do what you do? Yeah, man. People, a lot of people, they think that they need like the bigger cameras. Obviously, I- well, not obviously, but recently I've been using the 1DX Mark II for a while, which is known to be a pretty expensive camera. And a lot of people, they're like, nah, I don't have the budget for that. I'm going to go lower than that. They're just like, no, I'm not getting that. Some people do, obviously, that have, you know, financially able to do it. But a lot of people, they're like, nah, I can't go that big. But I, if I had it, I would like, I know I would just crush it. And I'm like, nah, it's not even really about that. I only got that camera because I was able to afford it. If I couldn't afford it, I would make it happen with another camera. Like the 6D Mark II or even a T7i. Uh, my little brother, he just, he's gotten into photography and videography over the past two years. He's got a T7i and he's, he's learned it. He's mastered it. And he's like really getting some good out, like output now on that camera. And I'm surprised. I was like, dang, man, you're, you're, you're looking close to the 1DX Mark II, man. You're like the, you bring it to life. Like what people think they can't do, you're showing that it's possible. You know what I'm saying? How cool is it to have your brother kind of taking an interest with what you do as well? Oh man, it's awesome, man. It's like, he's like a little me, man. He's, (laughs) he loves everything I do and he's so supportive of it and it, it makes me feel good. And then I've just look at him and I'm like, dang, he's progressing so much faster than I was at an earlier age. It's, it's great because I know eventually he'll pass what I've done at an earlier age and it'll just be better. So it's, it's dope. Well, he's learning from the best, right? <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I guess so. And what about, I know you have a son or whatever who you feature in your vlogs. Is he taking an interest in the camera yet? You know, he he loves being on camera. He loves, he watches YouTube often, like little guys like the Ryan's World and um, there's a couple other kids that do like YouTube with their parents and he watches those sometimes because he's really into toys, man. Uh, we do learning stuff and numbers and colors and paint and activities, but he's really into like playing with trucks and building things with Legos. So he watches other people do it. And whenever I cut the camera on, I think we're actually, you know, I think we're actually going to start a YouTube channel for him 
Whenever I cut the camera on, he jumps right on it and he's like, what's up guys? We're doing this today and we're playing with these Legos today. And I'm like, wow, you really pay attention. You really pay attention to me and those other channels that he watches. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like he's, a, once again, he's learned from the best. It's like you look at him, it's like, man, his mind's like a sponge. Yeah, man. It's cool to see him uh, so smart when it comes to like how to do like an intro. And, you know, he's only four, so it's not like you know, he knows exactly what's going on, but he's he's taking it in and he's actually doing it. So I, it's cool to see him doing that when I cut the camera on. Other than that, now he doesn't have like his, I bought him a camera, but he doesn't really get into it. He, like I said, he's more into building Legos and constructing things and taking things apart and putting it together. So he's really into that. that that's awesome, man. And uh, before I forget, though, like what I love also about your content is that, you know, you we talk about how people, you know, come up with excuses as far as why, you know, they need this equipment or this camera or this lens to create art. You do several videos doing comparisons of like iPhone footage and 1DX Mark II footage and, you know, the 1DX versus the 80D or the 70. I feel like. I don't know. I just, there shouldn't be an excuse, but do you feel that when you make these videos, are people still rolling out the excuses? Some people, yeah, some people do. And then some people are like, wow, this is, this is, um, you know, this sold me. I'm going to get this camera. And I'm like, good. Like if it's in your budget range and you know, that's all you can get, it still works just as good. I, I go through all types of cameras. I don't really know where I go with it. I just kind of, it's just like, Sometimes ideas pop up in my head, like, look, I want to show that this camera works really good, even though it's cheap. So they're all over the place. I do a bunch of them, and I just do it, like you said, to show people that there isn't an excuse. But to answer your question, some people still do, but some there's also a portion of people that are, you know, they get motivated by it, and they're like, oh, I can make this with that camera? I'm getting it. It's in my cart right now on Amazon. I'm like, dope. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, it's just interesting because no matter, it's like what what I notice and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not a photographer, but when I notice when you do like photos and everything, no matter if it's an iPhone or a $6,000 camera, it's almost like if you know, I know composition is one thing, but I feel like if you know color science and like all that stuff, does that does that help tremendously? Because I feel like if you know how to work Lightroom or Photoshop and you know your color wheels and everything like that, you can make any photo look good. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Because, you know, there was a time I would see pictures and I'd be like, yo, that's super dope. I love the way those colors are. But I didn't know how to achieve it. And once I actually learned how to achieve these certain looks, which took, you know, practice of me trying to recreate photos and recreate color changes in photos with like blues, make them a little teal or take the saturation out of the greens, maybe make them a little more yellow, stuff like that. Once I learned how to do that type of stuff, it was like, it was game on from that point with any type of camera. I prefer Canon because the color science is like a lot easier with that one, with that brand. For some reason, like Sony and other ones like that, they get a little hard when it comes to like skin tones and stuff or not necessarily hard. It just takes a more time 
for me at least. Uh, I know a lot of people that kill it on Sony, kill it on Nikon, kill it on all those brands. But me personally, I love Canon. But once I learned that color stuff and those color wheels, learning how to actually get the look that I wanted, it was game on from that point. And how long does it take to learn something like that? Because you, as you know, at this at the time of this recording, you know, Instagram is huge and everyone wants to match their their colors and their branding and everything like that for people who are, you know, whether they're taking photos on a professional camera or, you know, an iPhone, where would you say to go to learn, you know, about, is it called color science or what would you, or just like how to match colors or skin tones and things like that? How to keep a consistent color, color feed or color palette, you know, just in general color grading, learning color grading, um, patterns, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I think that having a um, a style, a color palette is very important too, definitely. Like you said, you, you can see mine is all like in the same look now. But jumping back to what you were saying about how long does it take, shoot, it took me a while, maybe like three years to kind of get an idea of the look that I liked, which was like just in general neutral colors with a pop and low saturation and sharp. That was like my look. Now I've grown to like more of a punchy orange and red and like the some some blue tints in my dark, stuff like that. It took a while, but I think that's because at the time there wasn't a lot of tutorials and stuff like there is now. I think right now is like you can learn stuff in a few months, I would say. There's so many tutorials on this stuff. I was going to say, I call it YouTube University. You could learn almost yep. anything on uh, YouTube, and I don't know why my brain spaced for a second. I, I, that's what I meant. To, it was co- color grading, or excuse me, color correcting and color grading. It's just one of those things where, you know, like I said, you can literally make a photo or video look like anything, and I think it's awesome. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man, uh, I also would love to hear some, maybe some secrets or some tips and tricks for whoever's listening, whether they're a new listener or a fan of yours. How, what has been your secret to getting to, we'll just call it a hundred K now, man. I mean, I think you're right around 98 and I mean, it's yeah. only a matter of time before you're there. So Congra- yeah, 97.9. Oh yeah. But before that, but congratulations, by the way, I kind of want to be the first in line to congratulate you. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. It's been, it's been a rough one for me. I'll be honest. I'll keep it 100% with you on here. I, I feel like I've done a lot of stuff strictly to build my channel and maybe not so much that I really actually wanted to do just because I wanted to, I don't know, I wanted to achieve something. I wanted to have a trophy. I wanted to get that, you know, that plaque, even though it's just 100K and it's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have millions and they're doing huge stuff, but like 100K is a night, is, is, is a lot of people. I mean, if you, if you put 100K, 100,000 people right in front of you, that's, it's a, it's a shit ton of people. So it was something for me that I wanted to do. And it's taken me like two or three years to get to 100K. And I I would say maybe because I I overthink a lot. Maybe because I overthink my stuff and I try to make it perfect a lot. So, um, you know, there's other people that I see that they just kind of wing it and they've blown past 100K and that's crazy to me. But one thing that I... I, I think is accurate that my friend YC Imogen told me is a lot of my content is genuine and it's me. So you got a lot of vlogs, a lot of my personality. I didn't used to do a lot of tutorials. Recently, I've done more tutorials because I wanted to help my channel grow. And people 
like some of the stuff that I do. Some of the tutorials that I've done are actually things that I do a lot and people were asking me about. So I decided to do them for those two purposes, build a channel and show people a couple of things that I do. But before I didn't do a lot of tutorials and stuff like that. And I kind of built the channel off like camera reviews and just vlogging me being me having cool outfits or taking cool portrait photos or traveling to LA on a road trip, just stuff like that. Giving them me and they like the style. They like stuff like that. So while he was saying like, he feels like more of, you know, some people build with tutorials and people just come there for tutorials. But I built like a genuine following of people that actually like me and what I do. And they're there not to only learn, but they're there to get me. So I feel like he was right in that way. And it was cool because now I know that I have a genuine strong following and they're not just there to take, you know, they're there to be a part of something or watch something because they like it. And it's not just, no, I'm here to see what I can learn today and I'm out of here type of uh, following. So that's been something that's cool to me about this whole YouTube journey and tips. I would say, man, there's no right or wrong way. Um, You know, you see people do it one way you see people do it another way you can try both ways and neither one of them might work for you you might have to do something totally different i think people people want what they don't have so you know you got your peter mckinnon you got your your maddie your yc imogen you got your sam colder you got you know all these people on youtube but people aren't looking for another one one thing i noticed is that sam colder has a lot of people that want to make stuff just like him travel videos same type of transitions you know, same color grades, orange and teals, but like people aren't really looking for another Sam Coder. They already have Sam Coder. Like I'm going to go to Sam Coder's page to see that. I'm not going to, I'm not like looking for another one. So I think that trying to be unique as possible and do something your own way is super important. So, you know, you got a lot of filmmakers and a lot of photographers. Maybe you're a a vegan photographer, or maybe you're a photographer that only wears pink clothes. You know, it's like, you (laughs) you gotta, you gotta make that. Right. Exactly. So you got to stand out, I think, and not try to be like everybody else. I think that's a really important tip for sure. And you mentioned overthinking when you put out content. Do you think you started overthinking more once you started getting closer to hundred K or have you always been like that? Yeah, I would say more, morely the more subs I got, I was thinking like I need to make I need to make content that they want rather than content that I feel, and that's like where I feel like everything can get weird because once you start doing it for other people, then you lose the creativity kind of. You start just doing stuff that you don't even want to do. And so you're not passionate about it and it starts to affect you mentally. And you can see like in the art that it's just, it's not what you wanted to do. So I felt like I started doing a lot of stuff because other people wanted me to. And then I, I kind of got like, got myself together. Like, nah, I just, I like doing this. You know, I like doing vlogs. I like, I like doing my B-roll like this. I don't need to do it like this because everybody expects it to be that way. Or I don't need to make a video because other people expect it to like expect that video. I can do whatever I want. I should do it from my heart or from my instinct. Like today, you know, I feel like I want to wake up and go shoot some B-roll of, I don't know, downtown Atlanta rather than, oh, you know, people keep asking me to make a tutorial about how I make a, a color grade my Lightroom photos. I need to make this ASAP. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, I, I'm nowhere near the numbers you are at the current moment. But yeah, it's just interesting because I I consume a ton of content. And I think Peter McKinnon, who you mentioned, who, if you don't know, is a huge uh, cinematographer, videographer, uh, photographer on YouTube. I think he's almost got, I think he's almost at like 5 million subs. Uh, he mm-hmm. talked about that, like overthinking and doing things for other people. And it's almost weird. Cause it's like, we become creators to, you know, to work for ourselves and everything. But it, you know, it's like you start doing tutorials, like you said, and now you're creating content for other people. And it's almost like your creativity, um, is put on the back burner a little bit. It, it's just, I just find it so weird. Cause like all these big creators say that they all say the same thing. They're like, you know, I want to do this, but it's like my channel wants this. So it's like a hard, you know, tug of war basically. Right. It's like, you know, businesses say they're like the customer's always right. So I feel like YouTubers and stuff, you know, creators, you kind of get into this space where you don't want to, you you don't want to not please the people that are following you. But it's also like the people that genuinely like you and your content and follow you will appreciate anything that you put out just because it's you putting something out or your name's on. They're like, oh, he's on it. Boom. So I don't know. It's it kind of gets you get you can get wrapped up into it too deep into a space. Like I said, the the whole thing on overthinking was kind of that you know, getting into that space. But uh, recently I've just been more aware of that, you know, and when I get into that space, like, no, snap out of it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Just make what makes you happy and people will like that because they came here for what you make in general. They didn't come here because you did what they asked you to do in the first place. They came to see what you already have been creating and they liked it and they subbed. So regardless, maybe they do want to see something, maybe try to fit it in somewhere down the line, but don't make it a priority just to do what everybody else is asking all the time. Unless, of course, it sounds like a good idea and you get inspired off it, you know, do something like that. And what if you didn't have to do any more tutorials anymore and you just wanted to create one type of content at this current moment for you, what type of content would that be? You know, I'm all over with that right now. I'm trying to find that out myself. I'm kind of in a space where I've been uninterested in the things that I've done. I, You know, it's because I... I I mainly do music video work, and I've been doing that for a while, shooting music videos, doing behind the scenes for it, trying to put it out. But it's kind of gotten repetitive, and it's kind of gotten um, to a point where I'm I'm kind of tired of the same process over and over again. So, you know, I've, I don't know, man. I've been interested in some type of short films. Not, not stuff too long, though, because I'm more of like, I'm a really impatient or impulsive person. So, like, if I'm shooting a movie or a short film, something that's like really tedious and long, it kind of bothers me because I'm like, oh my God, I just want to get it done. I just want to get it done. Even though like I enjoy the process for sure, I'm just quick. I'd like, I always want to see that final product. I'll take a picture. I'm like, oh God, I can't wait to color grade this down and export it out. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm interested in that kind of maybe like some more cinematic short film type of stuff, more artistic music videos here in the future, maybe with people. I want to, I want to work with people that are, you know, more open-minded to doing creative um, outlandish stuff rather than just the typical type of music video that, you know, people all always think of when they think of music video, just partying or, you know, cars and fancy stuff. You know, I want to do step outside the box with paint and just get really artistic, different stuff. I always love vlogging, man. I love vlogging as long as I'm doing something super cool. I feel like my best vlogs are the ones where I travel, but it's not like your average 
travel video where it's just showing off a million amazing moments. It's actually me doing cool stuff and kind of bringing you with me. That sounds typical, but I don't know. I can't really explain my type of vlog. It's more just like cinematic of, you know, me and what I'm doing rather than showing off like a yacht, an amazing mountain and a sunset and a, you know, a beautiful girl, whatever. It's more like you're coming with me and not, you're not going to that place. I don't know if that makes sense, but I don't know. Vlogging's cool when I go places and got some, you know, good content to document. I love taking photos. I've been really into taking photos lately and I'm, I don't consider myself a photographer. I never really have because it's just like something that I do for fun. It's not, I don't get paid for it. So I don't, it's not like a job to me or something, but I guess I still could be a photographer and not get paid for it. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm, I've been enjoying photography a lot, man. And just, you know, framing photos up and capturing that moment, making sure it's crispy, um, putting a nice grade on it, experimenting with different colors, um, stuff like that's been fun with me because it's also a faster process than like piecing a whole video together and finding music for a video and, you know, tra uh, thinking about what transitions I want to use. It's like a lot more that goes into that than it does photography. So sometimes that simple, quick process of snapping a dope photo and coloring it has been fun for me lately. So it's like that. Yeah. I mean, new music video styles, vlogging, maybe some short film stuff and photos has been, that's really what I'm into right now. That's what I would do for my YouTube. Do you have any ideas for, or any creative ideas for the short film or documentary that you'd want to create? My friend YC just dropped one. It was pretty cool. It was about like, it's called the YouTuber. And I, I got inspired by it. When he showed me, I was like, dang, you did this all by yourself. Like, why didn't you call me? I wanted to be a part of this. And it got me to thinking like, I've always thought about doing something like a thriller, horror type of thing. I've, I've, I'm, I'm a big fan of that type of movie style. Like I love going to a movie and, and something jumping and scaring me like a sound or something just, you know, giving me that thrill. So I would like to do something like that. And uh, make it kind of incorporated with the field that I'm in, just so it relates with me and other people that watch my YouTube channel. So maybe like make it about photographers or videographers or maybe a music artist or I don't know, something up that alley. And, and it kind of gets into a horror or type of thriller type of, you know, style of short film. Yeah, man, I, I really look for I'm I love that genre too. Uh I'm really big into the thriller, horror, hacker, slasher type thing. I'm also weird in a sense where uh, <laughs> I love those movies where if it's super messed up where normally people would walk out or be like, this is too much. I love that uh -huh. sort of stuff. I don't know why. Right. Like I actually had the, uh, it, when I was out in LA, I had the opportunity to talk to uh, the, uh, one of the directors and creators of the saw series. And I just uh -huh. looked at him. I was like, dude, where in the world do you come up with this stuff? You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. <laughs> the stories behind those. Oh my God. That's a whole different story, but no, uh, different day. But I know, uh, yeah. for people who haven't seen your work, you're really good at, you know, whatever style you're going to do. And I think uh, you can take, I've seen some of your videos where you basically create something out of nothing. Like you go to the dollar store or the, or Goodwill or something and just make it look super cool. Like it doesn't require much budget to make something look the way it does. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, to see something like that. Cause I know you'll crank out something cool, but doing that, I know you, you know, it's hard to do some of these things alone and you talk about, you know, YC and everything. How did you guys get to know each other and become friends? 
So back when I was in high school, I was mentioned I was making music, and me and his brother, um, who goes by Chaos Shatiste, he's he was also an artist, and he was really popular in the city that we were from. So I wanted to work with him for sure, and we ended up doing a song together, and we became really tight, probably best friends. And um, like I said, that was Wasi was his little brother, so Wasi was doing graphics as well, and so was Chaos, and I was doing graphics, and I was like, okay, well I do music and. We both do music. We're doing graphics. I ended up meeting YC, and you know we were just cool for for a while. And then it came to that point where I was interested in the graphic work he was doing and stuff already. And we were we all hung out at the same house, man. It was like me, every, all my day one friends. We've been friends for years ever since like when we hung out at Chaos and YC's mom's house all the time. And we just do creative stuff in that house. Like everybody was in each room doing music or drawing or uh, you know, editing or uh, playing the game. It was a bunch of stuff. And so from there on, I mean, like I said, he got his camera and I was interested in it because, you know, he started taking pictures of like Jordans and taking pictures of us and making us CD covers. And I was like, dang, I, maybe I need a, a, a camera as well, f- you know, to take pictures of the people that I make covers for and stuff like that. It'll just be easier because they were sending me like cell phone pictures and stuff. And from that point on, we just kind of like started doing the same type of stuff. And I guess, you know, when you do the same stuff as somebody else, y'all are more likely to relate and, and have like conversations on the same stuff. So we just got into the same stuff and ended up best friends from there. It was, I mean, for that point, we've been doing the same stuff for years together and just bouncing ideas and helping each other with stuff. And it's just, that's been it from that point. Do you guys ever get competitive as far as like whose video looks better, whose video got more views or who's on the subscriber race or anything like that? Yeah, not, not really. Not really. Um, you know, it was funny because when we started doing YouTube, I think I actually had more subscribers than YC. I think he had like 500 and I may have, may have had like a thousand and I started vlogging and well, we were both talking about vlogging. Both of us were like, yeah, we need to do this. We were watching, we saw other people doing it and like documenting their behind the scenes. We were like, we need to do this for all the music videos we shoot. We definitely need to document it. That'd be perfect. So we both started doing YouTube around the same time, I would say, and his channel rocketed. <laughs> it just went way up. And so I was like, dang, hopefully mine will go up too, you know, like maybe soon. <laughs> it's been like forever to get to this 100K mark. I think he's at like 300 and. 20,000 right now so it was funny how like you know we started around the same area and I had a little bit more subs than him and his rocketed up so I always like I'm always like damn bro you get you know a lot of traction on your channel and your views are you know you get a lot of views but he, he also broke down to me like you know at the same time it's the same kind of like the same percentage for our channels you know at, at the subscriber rate that I have and the view rate compared to his subscriber rate and his view rate it's kind of like the same percentage regardless of who has more numbers so we're both so it, it you know we kind of bring it in so we are both motivated and we don't ever try to like be one up or on each other or anything like that so it's a cool it's cool do you think a lot of people get caught up in the numbers whether it's subscribers or view count 100 percent 100 percent. i think a lot of people do man i mean i've heard people talk about it and some people don't talk about it, but I, you know, I just, it's there, man. It's there. It's like, 
I don't know. I think everybody does. Uh, I think it can affect you. I think that, you know, thinking too much about it can affect you. It's affected me sometimes. I mean, you know, I've looked at my numbers and I'm like, oh, you know, it, it, it could get stressful. I mean, when you put in a lot of effort and a long amount of work, I mean, a long time period of work and, you know, just work hard to get a piece of work done and you don't see that many people view it or it doesn't you you feel like it's not getting out there far enough for people to see or you don't get that much feedback on it comments it's kind of like uh, it's kind of draining it's like holy shit i just worked a hard i just worked like a whole week on this video to get five thousand views and somebody else may have made a quick one minute video of a collage of drone shots and did a million views and you're like what the hell did i do wrong <laughs> yeah so no. Yeah, Peter McKinnon talks about that too. He had said that he'd put all this effort into like this one video. It took him like two weeks to edit that got like 300K views. And then he did a talking head like video that took him maybe five minutes to just chop up and edit and it ended up going like semi-viral with like millions of views. <laughs> yeah, it, that that can be crazy. I mean, also it's good because you know you got the million, the millions of views. So that I mean, if you're playing the number game, that'll make you feel good. But at the same time, it's also like, man, this project that I spent so much time and was passionate about, like really put effort into, didn't get enough. It kind of can be like, damn, is this what I need to be doing, <laughs> or is am I doing the right thing? It, it can make you feel like really low. I think definitely. There's been times no. where I put a lot of effort into projects. And they don't get what I expect them to get. And I'm like, yeah, no, I hear you, man. And I'm glad you said that because I feel I hear it all the time because I consume so much content. And I just like the whole point of me asking was it's like no matter what level you're at, people, whether you're at a thousand subs or 100K or 300 or a million, like people are still it still messes with the best. And I just mm -hmm. feel like it's really important to have people know that when people are just starting though, do you think they should worry about subscribers or views or should they be working on, you know, just getting the content out there and kind of finding their voice and style a little bit? Yeah. I think when you first start now, it's good to just pump content, like pump whatever you feel. If you want to make a, 30 second clip of some b-roll and put it out there do it like don't overthink it don't think you got to do it like the big dogs that got a million tubs or million subs or whatever like youtube's really you could do whatever you want you don't have to do what you know everybody else does a lot of people on youtube right now are just recreating the same shit over and over again like oh look somebody made a video about how to t how to color their photos. All right, I'm going to make one. And then somebody watches that. I'm going to make a video. Like it's then now there's like a hundred videos on how I color my videos. And they're like, which one, which one do I watch? Everybody's just kind of like going on the same path, you know? And it's like, in order to be a YouTuber or make content, you don't have to do that. You can, maybe you don't want to do that type of stuff. Maybe you want to just do some B-roll outside every, every day. You go outside and you just get 30 seconds worth of B-roll and make, b-roll videos you know it, you can do whatever you want and i think that starting out you should do everything so you can find what you actually like and what you don't like and not you know look at those numbers like oh i only got 10 views only got 100 views no like don't worry about that stuff at first because that'll grow as long as you're consistent and you just make stuff it's gonna grow it's gonna get bigger 
I think eventually everybody starts to look at those numbers though, but you can't let it affect you. And dude, it's interesting. You talk about the photography tutorials cause there's a million of them on YouTube, but yeah. you did where this is one of the other things where I talk about how like different you, the different approach you take, you did a video of editing a photo, sitting at a gas station with no audio. Like you weren't explaining oh, yeah. nothing. You literally were just sitting there editing a photo you let the camera roll and you're just editing on your phone. I've never seen anything yeah. like that. But when I see stuff like that, cause you watch so many tutorials, like you, I feel like my mind triggers something new. I'm like, Ooh, I was like, that's good. Uh, right. Where, where did you come up with that? I kind of stole it, but I stole but, like an artist. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it exactly stole, like, yeah. Stole, I would say is a harsh word. We're going to say sampled. Or you right. found yeah. motivation. <laughs> yeah. The only reason I say that is because uh, I read a, an amazing book by Austin Cleon. Uh, it was titled Steal Like an Artist. So it's like, take something, but make it your own. Make it your own style. So that's kind of like what I was meaning when I said stole. But Peter McKinnon actually did a video that I saw where he was editing silently on an iPad. And another guy that I follow, Christian Mate Grab, he was doing a video on an iPad editing photos in the woods. So I was like, you know, these are those guys' style. Uh, Peter's in there in his office. That's where he's always at. Uh, Christian was out in the woods. That's where he's always at. And I'm like, you know, I'm typically in a textured area, building city-like. So let me try to go somewhere in the city and edit photos as well and kind of have that that other aspect of that same that same concept. So, you know, Peter did it in his office. Christian was in the woods. I tried to make one, you know, in a city-like environment out of an abandoned gas station. So that's kind of where I got the idea from. But, you know, also, it was just a concept. So we all do different stuff. We all have different color grades. We all sat in different environments and did it. So it wasn't actually like, you know, I'm just going to blatantly take this and copy it. It was more like, let me take this and make it into my into me. So that's kind of where I got that. No, I like that a lot, man. And uh, was YC with you on that one? Yeah, YC was actually with me. He helped me film some stuff. And um, uh, it was funny because the day that we actually shot it, I was going to, we shot the B-roll and we were going to do it that day, but it got dark and my ca- something happened with my camera where it wouldn't work or I couldn't, something happened or I couldn't screen record or something. And we had to, I had to do it another day. And I was like, well, you're going to have to get dressed in the same outfit and come back out with me on another day. So we actually did it in a whole different area. We shot the B-roll and stuff downtown Atlanta. And then we shot the actual photo editing at this abandoned gas station, like North side Atlanta. It's like totally up the road from downtown. So it was funny that we had to do it in two different days. We just got back in the same outfit and went back out and did the editing. And how important is it to collaborate? Like I know you and YC collaborate a lot and I feel like that is one of the key pillars to getting to a hundred K. Would you agree with that? 100%. Uh, I couldn't tell you where I'd be with that YC man. YC helps me with a lot of ideas. I feel like, you know, it's mutual. We both bounce ideas. We both, you know, sometimes YC will say to me like, yo, that was dope, you know? And and then I'll see maybe him do something in a similar way, but obviously his own style and then vice versa. Like I'll see him do something and I'll get super inspired and try to do something similar. But with my own style, like just like I was saying, he just dropped that new short film. As soon as I saw it, I was like, man, this is so different than what we usually do. I want to do something like this. Let's collab on something. 
But not only that, I mean, just in general, being able to call somebody up that does the same work as you and, you know, y'all are friends and y'all have similar opinions and similar styles and the same type of stuff. And y'all can conversate on work. Y'all can conversate on life. Being able to collab with somebody work and personally just having a conversation is really important, man, because like I said, bouncing the ideas and just being able to relate like, you know, me and YC, sometimes we'll hop on FaceTime while we're editing and just sit there and edit. And it's like, I don't know, it, it, it feels like I got support when I'm editing or vice versa. Maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't want to edit Dolo and he wants somebody to be there while he's editing as well. So it, it just, it's dope to collab. And even with projects, like you said, like growing and, you know, maybe growing a YouTube channel or growing artistically, um, having somebody to push you or give you their opinion and give you a different outlook is awesome too. And having somebody that has another good following as well. And maybe y'all do a project on that page and he brings subscribers to you and vice versa. You bring subscribers to them. And I don't know, it's just all around just being able to have somebody that you can collab with or a friend that you can work with all the time. I think it's super important, man. There's been plenty of times where I was like, man, this sucks. I, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't keep thinking about, you know, what video I need to make every week to grow a channel or thinking about if my content's good enough or, you know, stuff like that. Having YC sometimes to tell me like, nah, bro, your stuff is dope. Your stuff is fire. That that really changed it for me. Like, all right, you're right. You're right. You're right. Let me, let me, you know, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm overthinking this. Let me not quit. <laughs> so I think it's super important to have another person to collab with or just in general be creator friends. And for people who don't have somebody like a YC or a creative Ryan to collab with, like they, they're, whether they're just starting out or even if they're kind of like, you know, in the middle and they don't really have anybody to collab with, how would you say you would reach out to somebody to see if they wanted to kind of team up and collaborate? It's hard to say, man, because it's like, there's a couple elements to it. There's maybe you don't know how to find people or maybe people don't respond because, you know, maybe they feel like they're too good and they don't want to share their stuff. It's weird. It's That's why it's, it's cool for me and YC because we were friends before we dealt with cameras and stuff. So that made it a lot easier. So, But I would imagine that, you know, reaching out to people with the same um, type of, maybe the same type of numbers, maybe you got 50,000 or, you know, we're not going to go that big. Maybe, maybe you got a thousand followers and the person that you think is dope has 5,000 followers. I would reach out to somebody like that as opposed to trying to reach out to like somebody with a hundred K because it's just going to be two different on different levels mentally. So a person with a hundred K just might feel that they're just too good or maybe they just, they don't want to work with anybody. They're, they, they're, they're satisfied with working by themselves. Um, I think it's easier to reach out to somebody that's at kind of like the same level statistically or yeah, online. And I also think that, you know, maybe your actual friends, it would be easy to talk to your actual friends about getting into the same work as you at the level of maybe, look, if you can book me a music video, I will give you a certain amount of money off of that. You talk to your friends about it. And I used to do this, actually. When I first started, I would tell like a couple of my friends that they weren't actually working, but they were looking for jobs and stuff like that. But they also like supported the stuff that I did and me and YC did. I'd be like, look, bro, if you can book me a video, all you got to do is re- literally just reach out to people all day long. 
just get on Instagram or get on Twitter, reach out to people, say, hey, look, you got some dope music. My friend or my my buddy shoots videos. If you want to book a video, you can do so like this. If you get me some videos, I'll, I'll get you paid. And then we'll end up having a lot to connect with. You know, you'll end up, we'll end up connecting more because we're doing the same type of work. And then maybe you can eventually get into it, which is where kind of where our third, our third homie, Director Tino came in. He came back from the army and me and YC were doing a lot of video work and he saw it and he wanted to be a part of it. And we kind of just put a camera in his hands and made him do it. And he became, (laughs) he became like the third man to the team and he ended up loving it. He ended up getting clients. He ended up building and he ended up enjoying that, that time that we all spend together as creators, as friends, conversating and making stuff together. It just became cool. And it was like, I would say, if you can't reach out to any other creators, try to make one of your friends a creator. <laughs> try to force <laughs> them into it. Because everybody, I mean, let's be real. Everybody is a, is creative in their own way, whether they know it or not. Maybe they don't know it and they work a nine to five. Everybody's got their own vision. Like everybody can see something a certain way or everybody has a ch- color choice or everybody has, you know, all of our eyes see it differently, basically. We can all frame up a photo differently and it can all be good. So it's like, you know, if you don't, if you can't link up with some other creative people that you see online, try to make one of your friends a creative. I think, I think it's a good idea. I I love that, man. No, I do. Um, But it sounds like you guys got a a squad forming over there. Yeah. Yeah. We got a, we got a, we got a good amount of people, man. We're we're trying to figure out what we're doing with that too right now. We're trying to figure out if if we want to make it into something much bigger. Me and YC have been talking about possibly opening up a creative space together, something big. There's a lot of stuff that we've been thinking about. It's interesting because it if you if you know whoever's listening or just if you don't know on YouTube, that's becoming like a huge I mean collaboration I feel like is key anyway, but to go back to the Peter McKinnon, it's not just him. He has, you know, uh, a group of friends and they even call themselves the dope squad. I mean, Peter's the leader, but it's just like, he he's working with all his friends and all of his friends, he just pulls them up and everybody collaborates and it all works good. I mean, on the, you know, on more of like the vlogging type, you know, you've got, you know, your Jake Pauls and your Logan Pauls and, but they're, they're in the phase house and all these creators have these giant, houses with all these creators yeah. in it is that something you guys have talked about as well yeah kind of like um you know we're just talking about a creative space opening up something that maybe we could have for other creators something that we could have for us something we could have for people to come to and visit and and it'd be like like a place where you know people would be like look take a snap a picture i was here and they have like i don't know I don't want to say too much, but it's like I don't know. We're looking. We're 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 thinking about something like a bit, you know, a, a group of people, a clique, uh, and a space behind it, and you know, who knows from there. We're just trying to make that next move and see what's uh, ideal for us right now. It's funny you said that, uh, about like Peter and them, man. The dope squad. I was like, t- when I saw like all that, when Peter started popping off, and you know, he had his homeboy Maddie. I was like, yo, look, it's like me and YC, like. They're like homies that do the same stuff and they like collaborate all the time, help each other with their videos. Now they got an office. It was just crazy. Like when I saw that and then they kind of had like the other people around them. I'm like, oh, look, there's the same thing like us, like Tino, Director Tino, Chaos, Jay Wills or, 
people like that or our managers and stuff like that. It was cool to see that. It was just like, it reminded me of our, of us. And I was like, that's dope. It's just, it's cool to see a bunch of friends creating together. And it's it makes things easier, man. When you're trying to do it all by yourself, man, it's tough. And, and when you got help, when I can call up YC or Director Tina, I'm like, yo, I'm shooting a video today. I need you to go and get this B-roll. This is my plan. Boom, boom, boom. We all show up together, knock it out. If it was, you know, if you're doing it by yourself, it will be so hard because, you know, er- obviously everybody knows that when they're doing B-roll of themselves, you need to bring along that trusty tripod. And it's hard to get everything in focus. So it's like, I don't know, man. Having, having a click is so important. Yeah. And also, cause I think since you're all creators, I think it makes sense too, because I'm always wondering, it's like, God, it's like, these guys work together all the time. Like, are they getting paid or are they breaking some off? But it's like, I feel, I guess everyone, you know, you t- have to talk about it with everybody, but it's like, if you have all those creative friends, like if, you know, if you get, whether it's two people or five people, like somebody can help somebody and it's like, okay, well, you know, you may have helped them two or three times, you know, this time, but I feel like that's why it's good to have a squad because you might need help or they might need help, you know, whenever, and you just return the favor. So it's not this weird exchange of money or cloud or whatever it is, you know, it's, I feel like everyone's on the same level of playing field. Yeah. It's an interesting element to it too, man, because it's like, me, YC, and us came up together from from the start before cameras. So it's like now we don't we don't expect each other to pay each other. We don't like yo look. I need to get paid for this. And I, I feel like when people are trying to find a creative click or friends, that's that's a that's a part of it. And people are like, ah, I'm not getting paid for this. All right, well we're cool, but I don't know if we're that cool. <laughs> so and it's like, see us. We we've been like I said, friends before the um, cameras, and. We don't really think like that. So it's like, okay, you need help with the project? Hell yeah, I'll be there. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'll be there. Boom. I don't even expect anything. I mean, obviously, if we're getting paid, I'll be honest with you how we work. We don't really charge each other anything. But if we're working on something big and we know we're getting paid a good amount of money, we definitely break each other off with a nice amount of money and keep each other satisfied because it's like, if I didn't have you, I wouldn't be able to do this. So boom, let me give you as much as I can out of it. But if, if it's like for us personal brands, like YouTube and stuff like that, oh yeah, we're 100% we're pulling up and it doesn't matter about money or anything like that because we know that it'll pay off down down the road. You know, we all believe in each other and we know that it's not always about getting paid because it's going to grow bigger and bigger the more we, uh, you know, input with each other and help each other out. I think that's also, yeah, because I feel like that's one of those things where it's not talked about because I don't know why. It's always been like one of those things that goes off in my head. I'm like, are they just pet? Cause I call like, I used to bartend. So we used to go to other bars and I used to tip them 20 bucks. Right. And then they'd come back the next day and tip me the neck, you know, tip me 20 bucks. It's like, dude, we're passing the same 20 back and forth. Like, let's just <laughs> knock this. It's like, let's just knock this off. Like just you come in, I'll hook you up. I'll hook you up. But it's yeah. all, cause like, I always wonder, and that's the thing. I feel like communication is huge no matter what you're doing because yeah, I mean, if somebody's in it to get like, I, you know, like I said, I've always, been looking for like a click like that or something where everyone's on the same page and not worried. I mean, money's important, but it's like, dude, I mean, the content, the money will come. But like I said, right. just to have a, a group of people who are all on the same page, I think it's one of the hardest things to find. Um, but I think it's cool that you guys, you know, have everything going. And um, real quick, also, we talked about uh, consistency on YouTube. Uh, how important is consistency on YouTube? I think it's important 
uh, I've recently made a video about being a consistent creator, you know, and I was talking about like having a, a you know, a schedule and a you know, kind of just like routine and consistent colors, stuff like we've already talked about earlier, um, having consistent color themes and stuff like that. I think consistency is very important as long as it makes sense with your schedule. Uh, 100% recently, I've been kind of burnt out. Uh, and I think that's because I've been trying to stick to a schedule that isn't feasible, if if that makes sense. So like I got, you know, I, I have a child, um, a single creator dad, and, you know, I do, I have my son a lot of the time and I'm trying to make stuff and I'm trying to stay on schedule and stay consistent for other people and trying to build this channel because I know like I need to be consistent to make it grow. But... There's also times where you get like like burnt out from trying to stick to that schedule. So it's all about it's kind of all about balance, man. Like I was saying, lately I've been kind of burnt out from trying to stick to a consistent schedule. I was trying to upload like on Tuesdays, and then if I had extra time, I'd try to upload on Thursdays as well. And it's kind of like been on and off all over the place. And then you look at people like, or then I sit back and I look at look around. And I'm looking at like maybe like Sam Coulter's page. And it's like, he uploads whenever the hell he wants to. There's no consistent schedule, but the content's so good, people can't deny it. So I guess in a way, consistency is important, but sometimes if you're that good, maybe it's not that important. Maybe you don't need to always be, you know, once a week or once every two weeks or three times a week or, you know, have those consistent schedules. I guess it depends on the content that you make. If you make big projects that are like, if you have to put a lot of time and effort into them, and you're obviously not going to be able to stick to a consistent schedule. But if you're making quick content, like stuff like tutorials or teaching people and stuff like that, then I think, yeah, it's, you should be on a consistent schedule. It, which is where it's tricky for me because I shoot music videos, I shoot vlogs, I shoot tutorials. I'm trying to start a channel for my son. I also have to make sure he's good and gets quality time and I'm off of the camera and computer and phone and iPad. So it's kind of like my schedule routine is all over the place. So it's kind of hard to try to be consistent with that all that going on. So it's, it just depends, man. Everybody's got different stuff going on, different agenda. But for the most part, I would say... Some type of consistency is important, whether you upload once a month or, you know, give yourself the time that you need. I think that's most important. Give yourself the time that you need to be consistent. So don't try to upload two videos in a week every week if you know that you don't have much time to get something done. Schedule it once every three weeks, once every month. As long as you have that one consistent schedule, as long as it fits your routine and your agenda, then I think you'll be good. Yeah, that's that's great advice, man. And uh, and once again, I appreciate you coming on and taking the time and everything like that. I have one last question. If somebody came up to you or slid into your DMs and was like, look, th I want to do what you do. I want to be a YouTuber. What is the one piece of advice you can give me? Find yourself and execute. That's what I would say. So when I say that is figure out what it is that you love doing. Through trial and error, by the way, not just thinking it out and overthinking. Actually try stuff and ex like do stuff and figure it out that way, whether it be shoot, take photos, try a tutorial, whatever. Find yourself and what you really like doing and execute it. Just do it. Knock it out. 
get to it. So find a niche. If you want to do a YouTube channel, find a niche that fits you. Like I said, be unique earlier. If you've been listening the whole time, find a niche that is unique and run with it. Execute it, man. All right, dude. Well, once again, thank you so much. Uh, real quick. Also, where can people find you online? So typically Creative Ryan ATL everywhere because I live in ATL. I wish I could just get the Creative Ryan at, but there's this guy that has it and he won't give it to me. So <laughs> unfortunately, Instagram, Twitter, everything is Creative Ryan ATL and my YouTube is just Creative Ryan, thankfully. <laughs> All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I would love your help. This podcast is brand new, so I need all the help I can get. If you would, just subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating. I really, really would appreciate it. And last but not least, I got a little something for you. For the last 10 years, I have been writing, shooting, producing, editing my own video to get my dream job as an entertainment reporter in Los Angeles interviewing the stars. Now, that might not be your dream, but if you are in this industry and you are in this field, you are going to need to learn how to write, shoot, and edit, produce your own content. And now I want to personally train you on these skills so you can create your own journey and make money while doing so. So what I want you to do now is log on to Facebook and request to be in my private Facebook group, On Camera Professionals. Once again, it is called On Camera Professionals. But wait, Thomas, I really like your stuff. I really want to learn from you, but I don't want to be on camera. Don't worry. I got you covered. In this group, I'm going to be doing a live training, so that means live tips and tricks. I'm going to do giveaways, freebies, and I'm also going to do personalized training. So once again, log on to Facebook and type in On Camera Professionals, and I'll see you there.